there was once a murder trial where the case against the defendant was very, very strong, except for one thing. They had never found a body. And during the closing arguments, the defense attorney, he used this as part of his arguments. He turns to the jury, he says, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, as you know, the body was never found. And I intend to prove it's because no murder was ever committed. And how am I going to prove that? I have arranged that the so-called supposed victim in this case is going to walk through the doors of this courtroom right now. And the whole jury turns toward the doors and they watch and they wait. Nothing happens. Nobody walks in. A minute goes by. And finally, the defense attorney says, I lied. He's, nobody's coming in the doors right now. However, the fact that you all turned and you looked means that in your mind you thought it was a possibility that the murder victim could walk through these doors and show himself here in this court, which means you have a reasonable doubt whether or not a murder ever occurred. And if you have a reasonable doubt, according to the laws of this land, you must acquit. So the jury went to go deliberate, and 15 minutes later they came back, guilty verdict. The defense attorney was shocked. He says to the foreman of the jury, he says, but hold on a second, when I said that the victim himself was going to walk through the doors of this courtroom, you all turned around to look, which means that you had a doubt. How can you convict? You all turned to look. And uh, the foreman of the jury turns to the defense attorney and says, yes, yes, we all turned around to look. But you know who didn't? Your client. <laughs> Let's talk about our anticipation of Mashiach. About the likelihood, the reasonable likelihood that Mashiach could arrive at any moment. We've just come out of Pesach. Pesach is a, an entire yomtov of celebrating Geula, redemption and the possibility of redemption. Specifically, the last days of uh, Pesach. Chassidus tells us that the first days of Pesach are more connected to the original redemption from uh, Egypt, and that the last days of Pesach are connected to the Gula Asida, the future redemption through Mashiach. And of the last days, the last of the two days, Achren Shul Pesach, is uh, even more associated with Mashiach. The, the Haftorah reading on Achren Shul Pesach speaks about the prophecies of the coming of Mashiach. Uh, there's a custom of the Baal Shem Tov, observed by many chassidim, to make a Mashiach's Suda, a festive meal celebrating Mashiach at the end of uh, Achren Shul Pesach. So there's, there's definitely this tie-in right now about anticipating Mashiach. And, and what's more, in the world right now, I think uh, anyone who uh, uh, has the finger on the pulse is aware that there's definitely a, a certain electricity right now. Of, of people feeling we have our whole lives turned upside down, you know, with this whole coronavirus right now, and everything is different, and things are changing, and I, there's a very palpable sense of, you know, Mashiach could be here any moment, and and then the question becomes, frankly, um, let's 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 be let's be blunt, that when we go into a Yom Tov, we go into a Pesach. You know, really expecting, this could be it. You know, Mashiach could be here. And then Pesach comes and goes. First days of Pesach, last days of Pesach. Mashiach Suda comes and goes. And, and Mashiach's not here. So what do we do with that excitement, with that anticipation that is seemingly, uh, you know, has been thwarted? Um, what do we do about getting ourselves worked up again? 
or, or do we not want to get worked up again? And uh, really, the answer to these questions is found in this week's Parsha, Parsha Shemini. We have very little time to get ready, ready for, the, for the Parsha this week. We just finished Yom Tov, and it's Erev Shabbos already. And, uh, but the answer to this question about Mashiach and the imminent arrival of Mashiach, we really, we, we really find it in Parsha Shemini. Um, Shemini means the eighth. In this case, it means the eighth day. The eighth day of Yemei Amaluyim. That means the days of inauguration for the Mishkan, for the sanctuary. And uh, a tragedy befell the Jewish people on that day. Two of Ahar and Akoin's four sons tragically passed away. Uh, Nadav and Avihu. And without getting into the whole story of what happened and why and, and, and how, one simple thing, which is very clear from, from the narrative, from context, is that their passing had a connection to drinking wine. That they drank wine and they entered into the Kedosh Gadoshim, into the Holy of Holies, and, and they uh, were punished. And, and we see this from the, from the context, that after the story of the deaths of uh, Nadav and Avihu, comes the mitzvah, the commandment from Hashem to Aaron Akain about Kehanim, not drinking wine when they work in the in the base of Megdish in the Holy Temple. The the verse from this week's parsha says, Vayain Vesheher Al wine and strong drink you shall not drink, you shall not consume. Atova Necha, you Aharain, and your sons, not just his actual immediate sons, but all of his descendants, the, the Kehanim, uh, the priestly class for all generations. When you enter into the tent of meeting, meaning the the uh, the mishkan, the sanctuary, meaning not just that kohanim can never drink. No, they can't drink when they're on duty. Okay, so a koyin cannot drink, cannot drink uh, when he has to work in the base of mikdash in the temple. Okay, now we find something very interesting in the Rambam. The Rambam. Maimonides, Paskins, he, he rules for uh, all generations, the halachas of all areas of Torah. And this is no exception. In Sefer Aveda, the book that deals with the, uh, the goings-on in the, in, in, in the Beis HaMikdosh, in Hilchas Bias HaMikdosh, Perek Aleph Halacha Zayin, that's uh, chapter 1, paragraph 7, the Ramam says like this, that due to the fact that today Kehanim do not know when they're on duty, you know, there was a rotation. You can't have all the Kehanim in the whole nation all of a sudden show up and they want to work on the same day. So there was a system. There was a rotation had to do with, with the families and there was, there, there was a different schedule for a whole week and then within the week it was divided up into days. But if you didn't know your, what's called Mishmer, or your base of, so then you don't know when you're on duty. So says the Rambam, in that case, you may never drink ever, because at any given time, you may be on duty. What does that mean? That means a coin in today's day and age, can never drink, because he may be on duty, he may be needed for working in the base of Mikdash. Now, you're going to ask, I never heard this, I never heard of a that a, that a coin in these days can never drink. And that's because the Rambam explains the loophole. And, and, and the Ravid has a little bit different uh, uh, opinion on it, as the Ravid often does in, 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 when it comes to the, the Rambam's uh, uh, psaq. However, 
According to the Rambam, the loophole is this. Because he doesn't know when he's on duty, so when Mashiach comes, they're going to have to sort it out, and it'll buy him some time while they're figuring out when he's on duty. He says that uh, Takanose, that the, the, the remedy for his problem is Kalkolose, is the problem itself. Meaning, the problem arises because he doesn't know when he's, when he's on duty. So the solution is, because he doesn't know when, I, when he's on duty, he'll buy some time while they're figuring that out. However, <laughs> why doesn't the Rambam say the reason he's allowed to drink is because Mashiach's not here yet? But that's not what the Rambam says. Or the Rambam would say, <laughs> even if Mashiach uh, is arriving, you know, it's not going to happen so suddenly. You'll have some time to, to, to stop drinking. That's not what the Rambam says. The Rambam says that Hadin Noisein, that's the Lushen of, of the Rambam, that technically speaking, no Koyin today should ever drink. Well, he gives, subsequently gives the loophole, but Hadin Noisein, technically speaking, because he doesn't know if he's on duty, he should never drink. Why? Because Mashiach could come and he'll be on duty immediately. Now, it's interesting. Alpi Halocha, if you drink a Ravius of wine, Okay, that's like a kiddish cup of wine. Different opinions say different amounts, but let's say, you know, Chaim Nos is four ounces or whatever. A little kiddish cup, okay? Like, we all just came from the Seder. Remember what a, what a, what a, what, you know, what from the Dalit Kaisis, we know what the four cups look like. You know, it's not so big. You drink a Ravias of wine. So, how long does it take to sober up? So, according to Shulchan Aruch, it's uh, based on a Gemara and Erevin, but it says there's two things that help you sober up, halachically. Either you sleep it off, or time, you wait. How long do you have to wait? Kedei hiluch mil. That's a measurement time in, in halacha. Well, what's a hiluch mil? There's different opinions. Some opinions say it's as little as 18 minutes. But other opinions say it's as much as 24 minutes. What does that mean? You know what that means? It means like this. Technically, according to the Rambam, that a coin shouldn't be able to drink because he's going to drink that cup of wine, and in 23 minutes and 59 seconds, Mashiach will already be here with a built, functioning Beis HaMikdash, and he'll be on duty, and he'll be called up, and he'll be required to serve. So what do we see from this? We see that the idea of Mashiach arriving imminently, not just today, but in the next, at the, at the latest, 24 minutes, within 24 minutes, is not just a nice thought, it's not just an inspirational idea, it's something according to halacha. You know, since we're talking about Rambam, elsewhere in Rambam, in Sefer Shoftim, which is the last of the 14 books of the Yad HaZaka, it's called the Yad because Yad is Yudalad, it's 14, the last Sefer Shoftim, and in the last halachas of the last Sefer, it's uh, the laws of kings and their wars, and it talks about Mashiach. Mashiach is a king. And in the very last chapter of the whole Yad HaZaka, when the Rambam's talking about Mashiach, he says something. He says, you know, there's so many different things that the prophets say about what it's going to be like and the order it's going to unfold in. And he says, the truth is, we don't know. Nobody knows until it happens. And the main thing is just to believe in it in its, in its generality, you know, that, that Mashiach is coming. He says, but not to try to figure it out so, you know, so much in detail. And then the Rambam says something interesting. Tipach ruchem shel kitzim. What does that mean? 
Mechashvikitza means people who try to calculate when Mashiach is going to come. They try to figure out, oh, this is the time. This is when it has to happen. Tipach Ruchem, a simple translation, it's, it's a curse. It means their souls should uh, blow away. It means they should expire. They, 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 it's a, it's a, I don't want to spell it out. But another way of reading it, Tipach Ruchem. Ruach means excitement, fervor, inspiration. Tipach Ruchem. Their excitement's going to blow away. It's going to dissipate. The people who try to say, oh, now Mashiach's going to really come, they're going to end up getting disappointed. So what does that mean? We shouldn't think Mashiach is going to come? No. It means the opposite. It means, oh, now Mashiach... What do you mean now? What do you mean now? Why now? Mashiach could come at any given time. Uh, 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 let me give an example. Seemingly of a, of a different topic. You know, okay, I'm just going to get personal for a minute. You know, one of my pet peeves, one of my pet peeves is Hashkocha uh, Pratis stories. Hashkocha Pratis, Divine Providence, right? Why is it a pet peeve? <laughs> What's wrong with Divine Providence stories? It's beautiful, right? You know why? Because generally speaking, the way those stories are told and the way that they're heard and the reason that people enjoy them is because everyone says, oh, you see, Hashem got involved. Hashem intervened. Only there? Only then? Right? Oh, he was supposed to fly, and he'd been planning the trip, and then he missed the, he got a flat tire, and he missed the plane, and then the plane blew up, and he wasn't on it. Okay. All right. Now I'm supposed to say, oh, oh, now I believe in God. Now Hashem runs the world. Right? And, and, and not yesterday, and not the day before. <laughs> we know that Hashem runs the world, not because of Hashkacha Pratis stories, but because there's no other way, the world cannot exist on its own. Especially, you learn chassidus, and you learn the nature of reality. You learn how creation is ongoing, and it's something from nothing every single second. And if Hashem isn't speaking it into being at this very moment, it doesn't exist. It has no history, it has no trace, it has nothing on its own, not even a past. So, of course Hashem's running the world. Ah, when you see a Hashgacha protest story, it's nice because it's a reminder, but that doesn't mean that that's when Hashem's running the world and other times Hashem isn't. It's the same type of thing with Mashiach. When you get excited and you say, oh, now Mashiach's got to come. What do you mean? And yesterday not? And a thousand years ago not? It's nice to see a glimpse. It's nice once in a while when you see something that, that, that lets us in on the fact that Mashiach is close. But that shouldn't be the basis of our belief. Just like a Hashkocha protest story shouldn't be the basis of your belief that Hashem runs the world. We know Hashem runs the world because <laughs> Hashem runs the world. I'll give you another example. You know, people get excited about, uh, remember a while ago, the, 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 the Bible codes. People are getting excited about Bible codes. Okay, it's interesting. It's impressive. I mean, it, it, it's neat. But that's not the basis of your belief that Torah is Amis. The Torah is true. And the same thing here. It's nice to see something, wow, that's cool, that's a, that's a glimpse into a certain truth where I get the privilege to get to see something that maybe I don't always see. But that's not what makes it true, and that shouldn't be why I'm excited. I should be excited because it's an absolute truth that is <laughs> part and parcel of the very fabric of reality, that Torah is true, and that Hashem runs the world, and that Mashiach can come any time. To the, to the extent that Torah's emes, that the Torah of truth, tells us that al-pi except for this loophole, 
Hadin Noisain, technically speaking, a coin should not drink because within 23 minutes and 59 seconds, at the longest, a complete ready to go base Hamigdash will be here and he'll be on duty and have to work. You know, again, mentioning the Rabbim, it's in the 13 principles of faith. The Rabbim talks about uh, the belief in Mashiach. It's the 12th of the 13th of the 13 principles, right? That that I believe in perf- with, with perfect faith, right? That what? The coming of Mashiach, even though he tarries, even though he's taking a while to taking a while, to put it lightly, right? Taking 2,000 years already since the destruction of the Second Temple. Uh, nevertheless, I, I, I wait every day that he will come. There's two very different ways of, of understanding that last phrase. The words are the same, the translations are the same, but you parse the words differently and it has very different meanings. One is, um, on any given day, if you would ask me, do you believe in the coming of Mashiach? I would say yes. Any day you ask me, you asked me yesterday, you asked me the day before, and I would say, yeah, Mashiach, of course, Mashiach will come someday. And any day you ask me, any day you ask me, I will tell you, yes, I'm waiting for Mashiach, that he should come eventually, someday. Another way of parsing those same words is, I expect every day that he should come, that today's the day he's coming. Today's the day. And, and not because of things that I'm seeing in the world. It's nice when you see things in the world. It's a nice reminder. It's a nice, uh, it, it, it helps us to tune into it. But that's not the basis for us knowing that it's true. It's true because, I'll put it this way. If you believe that Torah is true, if you believe that the halachas of Torah are true, if you believe in Shabbos, if you believe in Kashas, if you believe in Tefillin, if you believe, believe those things are real, the same Torah's Amos that says those things are real says that Mashiach is a reality, and not just a distant reality, but something that can actually be in our lives in the next 23 minutes and 59 seconds. So... Tell you a story. I close off with this, and I hesitate to even tell the story. Maybe I shouldn't tell the story. And uh, okay, but um, the story is about a kain. He's not famous for being a kain, but he, but he is. He is a kain. Reb Yoel Khan, Zogosantzain, Reb Schaizer. So the the mice says is that the one time Reb Yoel was waiting for a bus, and. Uh, I guess uh, he, he was asking people what time is the bus coming already. The bus was late, so he's asking what time is the bus coming already. And somebody, uh, a stranger, came over to him and says, Rabid, don't worry about the bus. The bus is coming. Halavai, if only the Mashiach would come before that bus comes. Rabiel says, well, what do you mean? He says, the bus, it's very reliable. Okay, sometimes it's a little bit late. But it'll be here, it'll be here soon. And if only Mashiach would be here before that bus comes. Rabbi Yol says, I don't understand the comparison. The bus coming, <laughs> you have zero guarantee that the bus will come at all. You're saying it comes every day. It came the day before, it came the day before that. And on that basis, the bus has to come. The bus does not have, there's no guarantee, there's no rule that is woven into the fabric of reality, that's written <laughs> in stone, that this bus must come. Okay, because in your experience, it's always come, so you have uh, a certain expectation. But the world can go on without that bus ever arriving. And yet, Mashiach coming, 
There's no such reality. There's no concept of this world as we know it and Mashiach not coming. Mashiach is a much more rel reliable reality. The world was created from the outset. We know that Rashi tells us for a five-year-old that at the beginning of creation, when it was the Spirit of God was hovering over the water, he says, what's From the very beginning of creation, Mashiach was present. And that the ultimate culmination of all of history will be the revelation of Mashiach with a built by Samikdash, with Kehanim doing the Aveda and everything that every, all of the 613 mitzvahs that, that, that being returned to us, restored, intact, so we can com completely keep the entire Torah. That is a guarantee. There's no such thing as that not happening. And not only is there no such thing as that not happening, but there's no such thing as a day where that can't happen, or a, or a next 24 minutes where that can't happen. In fact, it's very likely, to the extent that halachically speaking, if it weren't, weren't for the loophole, that, 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 that a coin shouldn't even drink, because he might get caught having had that wine and needing to wait it off and uh, being delayed in reporting for duty. So, Let's all uh, remember. Oh, <laughs> I almost got off the hook. I said I when I was going to tell you that Abiel story. I, I said that maybe I shouldn't tell it. <laughs> What's wrong with that story? There was nothing about it that I shouldn't tell. So now I'll tell you why I was thinking maybe I shouldn't tell it. Because after Abiel said, he says, "Well, why are you saying halavai? If only that the, the Mashiach should come before the bus. The bus may never come. There's no rule in reality. The bus has to come. The Mashiach has to come. There's no such thing as Mashiach not coming." So, ah, here's the part I wasn't sure if I should say. Because Baruch Hashem, these classes have a big audience. A lot of people watch these in all segments of Klal Yisrael, Baruch Hashem. So, anyways, the guy says to Rabbi Yol, I don't think he knew who Rabbi Yol was. He says to him, ah, you must be a Chabadnik. So, <laughs> later on, Rabbi Yol was fabreging. And he was saying, how did the guy know I was a Chabadnik, right? <laughs> how did he know? So, Rabbi Yol says at the, at the fabregen, he said, but here's why. Because um, when you learn Chassidus, what does it do? It programs you to think in a way where instead of our assumptions of reality being based on our five senses, on our, to use a philosophical term, our experience of the phenomenological universe, right? What we can experience with our senses. Chassidus Chabad, especially, teaches us that elokus, that godliness, is, is the real reality. And enid mulvade, and, and the fact that a creation exists, only exists the way he wants it to exist. And it's only a, 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 an expression of Hashem himself. And that Torah isn't just rules that, that govern a world that already exists, but Torah is the blueprint, is, is the life force of reality coming into existence. And that when, when, when you learn Siddhis, that it changes the way you think to the extent that Mashiach is more of a solid reality than a bus. The default setting, factory, uh, factory default settings that we're installed with, the way a human mind works is a bus is much more real. Because I saw the bus yesterday and I saw the bus the day before. The bus is a physical thing. I can touch the bus. I can see the bus. But when we learn to see this, we're taught to appreciate that 
that doesn't make things real. What makes things real is Torah says it's real. Torah reality is the ultimate reality. And the Torah reality is, like we say from this Rambam, based on the, the story from this week's Parsha, that Mashiach coming within the next 23 minutes and 59 seconds is something that not only would be nice, but we have every reason to look toward that door and expect Mashiach will walk right in.